This is episode 37 of the Rising Man podcast with Michael Holt. I am the Alpha and the Omega. What's up, Rising Man community? Happy Thursday to you guys tuning in from wherever you are in the world. Welcome to the Rising Man podcast. I'm your host and the creator of this show, Jetty Azuma. Rolling right into another powerful episode, I'm just amazed at the caliber of men who've been showing up to lead this movement right now. There are men, there are leaders all over the world who are showing up to speak on this topic. What does it mean to be a man in the world right now? And what can we do about it? What's there to do right now? And personally, as I scan the roster of men who've been on this show already to date, I'm encouraged by what the future holds just by the roster of men we have alone. This is the 37th episode we've done of the interviews, and it's incredible. It's incredible that all of these men are leading in their own atmospheres in different ways with their own unique flavor, all contributing to what seems like the same common message. How can we rise up as men? Because now's the time for each of us men to be stepping into our power and our greatest potential for service. And I know that not every man is there yet. And that's okay. It's okay if we're not all there yet. In fact, we're all just unfolding. Nobody has arrived. So if you don't feel like you're there yet, if you don't feel like you figured out your way, your unique angle for being of service and contributing, that's okay. If you're feeling stuck and you're not sure how to break into the next level of your ability, chances are that you have started to cruise in your life. Or maybe you've just been navigating around by yourself, driving solo, not sure which way to go. Whether things are seeming too easy or too difficult, what you're doing right now isn't working for you. And that's clear. So every man at some point in time needs a reset, needs a jolt, needs a power boost. And the Elements Wilderness Immersion Training is exactly that. We're talking about three days in nature with a team of men stretching the boundaries of our comfort and breaking through the biggest limitations that we have in our individual lives. If you're ready to take a bold leap into the unknown and never look back, apply today. More information and links to apply can be found at rise.jediazuma.com slash elements. Fellas, I can't emphasize enough how important it is to take risks. If you're feeling that fire, if you're feeling the edge of that flame and you're ready to burst through, do it right now. Don't even think. Sign up, step up. Let's make this happen. As well, as inside the Rising Man Facebook group, you'll find all the updates relative to Elements, Rising Man Fire Circles. If you're not already a member there, please jump in ASAP, facebook.com slash group slash the Rising Man, and bring your friends along too. Okay, let's jump into today's guest for today. Michael Holt has a unique life path that has birthed an approach to human vitality that has helped his diverse clientele access a depth of themselves previously unknown. The merging of his degree in psychology with his multiple certifications in exercise science has formed his unique mind-body approach. He's a holistic health practitioner with a decade of successful practice, a ring-tested fighter with rank in several martial arts systems, an executive protection specialist and professional bodyguard, watch out, and a dedicated meditation practitioner and teacher, clearly a well-rounded man. Michael has unified his passions into a progressive wellness system meant to increase vitality and deepen consciousness. Let me tell you guys, I didn't know what I signed up for when I got Michael on as a guest. He reached out to me coming from Alpha Tribe saying that he wanted to jam, talk about everything relative to being the best men we can be. And it was an immediate yes for me and I didn't know why until we started jamming and realized that I've got a bro out there who's really doing the big work. So in this episode, we started off hot by redefining the term alpha and what it means for the modern man. Because I know that being the alpha dog, being the top dog can be a very triggering thing for men, depending on which part of that conversation you're in, whether you're the one who always aims to be the alpha or one who feels like you've never quite been an alpha or anywhere in between. So we talked about the term alpha and what it really means because Alpha Tribe is the name of the collective that Michael co-founded with two of his other partners. So we talked about that, dove deep on it. We also spoke about why it is critical for every man to develop different dimensions to his character in order to adapt and survive to life's varied challenges because we know that life is always in flux and sometimes things are great and sometimes they are not and the challenges 
are what really shape us. So we talked about why it's critical to have these different dimensions, different components, different moves and identities in order to respond to the variable challenges that we will inevitably face. We also talked about how we can start to develop our weaker qualities into strengths and why every man must take responsibility for himself in order to change the world. I'm telling you guys, this is a power-packed episode. Without further ado, I present to you Michael Holt. All right, Michael Holt from the Alpha Tribe live on the Rising Man podcast, man. It's good to have you here today. I didn't realize we were so close in location until I just asked you. Yeah, I'm glad to be here, man. I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me. Likewise, man. Well, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this conversation, especially because in the work that you do, you use the term alpha, and we haven't really talked about alpha male on this podcast yet. So looking forward to jumping into that. Before we do, I always ask my guests the first couple of questions on the show for context purposes. And the first one is, what is the difference between a boy and a man? Oh, that's a good question. I think a man takes responsibility for his life, everything in his life. Part of maturing from boyhood to manhood is the recognition that your life is your responsibility. The circumstances of your life is your responsibility. Your relationships, your work, your spiritual path, your happiness, mm. it all falls squarely on your shoulders and you stop outsourcing your peace. And the path, I believe, from boyhood to manhood is the internal path of mm. self-realization, of really stepping into power. Mm. Yeah, and this is the this is the recurring theme we keep coming to. I'm, I'm actually glad that it's reached the saturation point. It's almost like every man who comes on this show mentions something about responsibility, taking responsibility for oneself as part of that journey to becoming a man. Yeah. So I've actually been playing around with this a little bit more. So if we're saying the distinction between a boy and a man is that a man takes responsibility for himself and his life, what about the man who takes responsibility for things outside of himself? What about um, the man taking responsibility for the state of the world? for example. Yeah, well, I think that's a great point, And that's what I wanted to mention next. It's a willingness to be of service to the people around you and to humanity at large and really to all beings. But before you can get there, you need to have your affairs in order. You create a life such that you're taking good care of yourself. You're full of energy and vitality and love and chi. And you have enough then and only then to share with the people around you such that your presence just by being in a room is uplifting to people who you may not even speak to. People in the world who may never even meet you are benefiting from the way that you're living because you're living well aligned with nature. You're striving to be mm. peaceful, to be present, to be healthy. And the healthier that you become, the more loving that you become, the more peace in your heart, the less conflict in your mind so too goes the world. So for me, I really believe that it is our responsibility to take impeccable care of ourselves, knowing that we are part of a whole and that the happier, healthier we become, so too does the whole. Mm. So the work starts with you. And manhood is a recognition of that primary responsibility. And it's taking care of self, not in a, a self-indulgent way or uh for aesthetics or for uh, ego, but in the recognition that I am part of something bigger and I have this little corner, this little body, this little heart, this little mind, that's my responsibility. And so to give thanks to the creator, whoever I think he or she is, I will take impeccable care of this tiny little corner that I've been gifted. Mm. I like that, man. You're definitely speaking my language. And I also hear in what you shared there, you seem to be targeting and, and honing in on those guys who have who are still trying to figure out how to take impeccable care of themselves. So if we're looking at it as a process, going from not taking care of yourself to focusing in on you so that we can get to a place of service, of contribution back to the, the world, the planet. Do you think that inherently all men ultimately want to be of service, even those of us who are really troubled and tormented? I think that being of service is the most efficient path toward happiness and fulfillment. And I think if you undertake the practice of just sitting, of contemplation, of meditation, then there's a pretty seamless transition toward being of service. Because mm -hmm. in my experience, the deeper I've gone into my practice, the more I find opportunities to serve because I find that people 
tend to feel safe enough around me to ask for help in whatever they need. So uh, a byproduct of the internal path is opportunity for service. And then you realize that, wow, it feels really good to help, mm -hmm. to live in a way that people find beneficial or useful. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, you could call it, I think, wise selfishness. I think in Buddhism, there's a distinction between unwise selfishness and wise selfishness. Unwise selfishness is hoarding, is clinging, is putting yourself before everyone else all the time. Wise selfishness is the recognition that, okay, if, if I'm helping other people, that actually makes me feel really good. So I like to feel good. So I'll continue to help people because I sleep good at night knowing that my life is useful here on this, on this planet. I'm doing the best I can with what I have. And that feels good. It feels good when you look in the man in the mirror and you can honestly say that I'm doing my best. I'm helping people. You know, it's, it's fulfilling in that way. So it's selfish in a way, but it's wisely selfish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes me think of one of the, the quotes I remember from, I think it's from Erwin LaCour, and, or the guys who, who started the parkour movement maybe earlier on that said, uh, the mission in a man's life is to make himself useful. And I think that's just a, that's a little bit of an outdated way of saying to, to make ourselves capable of being of service to other people. Absolutely. And there's no, there, I agree with you, man, there, there's no greater way, path to fulfillment than being able to step outside of this self-referenced world where we default by default make it all about ourselves totally and, and you know, step into that yeah. worth mentioning that being of service doesn't need to be you don't need to become a mendicant monk to be of service you don't have to renounce the world you don't have to be poor you don't have to be poor mm -hmm. you can earn a good living you can go fully into the things in life that you find meaningful or your passions and you can find a way to offer that passion as a gift and you may find people that are willing to pay you to serve so you can have the best of both worlds. That takes work, that takes practice, that takes introspection, but it's possible and it's possible for all of us. Mm, yeah, this and that exact thing came up on, a, on an episode we did about two weeks ago with Matt Aitchison. He was talking about how it all starts with a vision. It all starts with giving yourself full permission and license to declare exactly what you want. Sure. And starting from that point, instead of trying to just take action and do a bunch of things, hoping that the vision will materialize in itself. Sure. So we get to take ownership of that vision. Yeah. And so uh, that, that's great, man. It really rounds out the picture there. Yeah, and that is the necessary first step, I believe. And until that first step is taken, we tend to meander through life. We were pushed and pulled by the vicissitudes and the tides because we don't know what we want. We haven't thought about it. And coming to that recognition of what it is, what do I want? What is my purpose? Why am I here? Why was I born? What am I supposed to do? These are hard questions. And it takes work to come to answers. But once you come to those answers, now you have a, a guiding light that you can move mm -hmm. forward. You know, once you have this idea of what is my life's purpose, then you can build a day that, that reflects what that purpose is. And you can steadily, over days, months, years, move toward it. And for a lot of guys, that's a very difficult question and one that maybe you can't come up with an answer to. It's such a big question. What is my life's purpose? So maybe you, there's, you break that down into smaller, smaller, smaller steps. What would make me happy today? We'll do that. What would I like to achieve in the next three months? We'll do that. And then this grander vision starts to present itself. This path that's been waiting for you shows itself. And then life unfolds seamlessly from there and it becomes easier to discern, well, what should I keep doing? What do I need to do more of? And what do I need to eliminate from my life? Because it's a very black and white question. Is this aligned with my purpose? Is this aligned with the vision of the highest ideal of the man I want to become? Yes. Well, then do it. No. Well, then don't. Boom. So the past starts to mm -hmm. reveal itself. But the first thing we have to do is determine who do I want to be? What do I want to do? What do I want to have? Yeah. And then the answers as to how to get there come. And very, I, I tend to take a mystical view of life. I think it's an exciting way to live. And in my experience, once you have the answer to that question, people tend to come out of the woodwork that help you along in your on your path you know the universe conspires to get you where you want to be because some divine intelligence knows that this is for the greatest good of everyone if this man fulfills his deepest purpose but until we know what that is mm -hmm. we sleep in we <laughs> eat junk food 
we jack off, we go through meaningless relationships, we do all of these things to fill our time to distract us from the emptiness that we feel that is born of not knowing why we're here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, that's that's exactly what's plaguing our, our generation of men right now. Sure. It's 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 clear that we've identified the problem and it seems like the solution is a lot of the th- same thing that other men have said is, you know, getting that level of clarity. And to be on the other side of that clarity, I, oftentimes I have to remind myself what it was like to be in the darkness sure. and the absolute conf- mess of a confusion. Sure. Who am I? What is my life about? How do I even do this thing called life? Mm. And so a lot of compassion and empathy for you guys who are still unclear of that because it's not like you wake up one day and all of a sudden you have full clarity on what your life is about. Sure. May, maybe it happens that way or occurs that way for some people, but I know it certainly wasn't my wasn't my journey. It hasn't been my journey and no, it hasn't been for many people. That was not my experience either. And to any guys out there who are listening who are in that quote unquote darkness of confusion, good for you because that is a very fertile ground. Mm-hmm. You know, look at the path of a seed. A seed is covered in shit, thrown dirt on it and mud. You know, it gets pretty nasty before before you sprout. So if you find yourself in the shit right now, know that, okay, this is part of a bigger plan. And from the tapestry of the whole, if you can look at your life situation as it is right now from the tapestry of the whole, one day you might look back at this dark time and say, wow. Thank God for that, because that was the incentive that needed to kick me in the ass to get me where I am right now. So not everyone is lucky enough to have that darkness in their life. Only us lucky few. Only us lucky few. <laughs> I like the way you flipped that, man. I know that was definitely my experience, was being in that darkness with some of the most rich and fertile times in my life as far as experiences go, as far as insights and reflections and self-discovery. Sure. Uh, so I like, the way, I like the way you deliver that, man, flipping the context on it. and Yeah, that pain, you know, it, we are very, very lucky to get just enough pain to inspire us to look more deeply at self and world and start to ask the bigger questions but not enough pain that we're just totally overwhelmed that we can't handle Mm -hmm. so it's just that sweet spot of challenge uh, that is ultimately has been one of my life's greatest gifts to be honest with yeah agreed man i'm grateful for all the challenges that i've been through especially looking back on them so now i try to bring that appreciation and gratitude forward into the challenges that lay before me. Cause I know facing those challenges can sometimes be one of the hardest thing that we do. But when we know that all of the learning and discovery happens out on that razor's edge, it's easier to lean sure. in. It's easier to lean in. Going back a little bit, you said something about this mystical perspective of life. And mm-hmm. I, I, I align with that. I think that it is an exciting way to live life. It's an exciting way. It's an, it's a, a nice framework to have around life for people who resonate with that. And I also know that a lot of guys, we operate from this logical mind. So that mystical, that spiritual side, it may be a little bit difficult, but if we, even if we just hold that as, you know, starting to, to change our own perspective in how we look at the things that are already around us, we may have been missing the possibilities that have been here for years. Totally. Sometimes a relationship that you've had since you were a kid is the one that leads you into your destiny and you just didn't know it because you were focused on the shit or focused on the dark parts. Yeah, or just trapped in a very logical way of of viewing the world, a very rational way of viewing the world. And what if you just opened up the mind a little bit and allowed for the possibility that everything that is happening, everyone you encounter, everything you've ever been through was some teacher sent from beyond to help you become the highest version of yourself, to help you become your ideal. What if you started to allow life to be a little bit like a dream? that you're creating as you go. Now, I do want to mention, this can be a bit of a slippery slope. And to have those that mystical lens to look through on your experience, I think can be fruitful. But you can go too far in that direction. Mm-hmm. You can totally, you know, spiral out and become some hippy-dippy, trippy, light-as-a-feather guy who's not grounded, you know? Mm-hmm. And the world doesn't need that either. So there's the middle path, I believe, between the rational and the mystical. And that's where I try to live my life, you know? Mm -hmm. Well said, man. Not so rigid and scientific and black and white. Not so foo-foo. But allowing both to be true at the same time. You know, Mm -hmm. that there's anyone who walks this path 
of the internal work, we'll be faced with paradox all the time. And we, ha- we have to find what works for us and find the middle path between the extremes mm-hmm. and live there, make that home. Yeah. And anytime we limit our perspectives or we limit the dimensions we have as men, like you said, a more mystical perspective, a more logical perspective, more of that warrior energy or that lover energy. If we're dominant in one area or one facet of our lives, it limits the possibilities we have for other relationships, other ways of being of service to people. So Precise. I think that's really important to keep in mind and the well-roundedness when it comes to manhood. You know, like if we're talking about, we're basically, we're talking about a higher level of manhood, raising the standard on what it means to be a man nowadays. And so, mm-hmm. you know, calling it what it is, we're talking about being more multidimensional, exercising those facets that are not so easy for us. Those of us who are not easily in our lover energy, who can't drop into our hearts as well, or those of us who can't, you know, strap on our boots and go to work and really focus on exactly. our mission. So doubling down on the ones that are weakest so that we can be more multidimensional. It sounds like what you're saying. Exactly. And you're really articulating my philosophy, which I call the savage in the saint. Okay. Mm-hmm. We are born with both capacities for complete savagery. You know, there, there's an inborn capacity within us to be savage, to be brutal, to be violent. That's part of being a man. You know, our ancestors were swinging swords at one another. That happened. You know, that's still in our DNA. And the saintliness aspect, to be completely heart open and loving and tender and sweet and soft. We have equal capacity there. And I believe that a man of the modern era should be practicing both savagery and saintliness and learning how to offer them as a gift in the moment, having the sensitivity to offer whatever the moment requires. But like you said so well a moment ago, some men are stuck at one side or the other. So that if you're if if savagery comes very natural to you because of your conditioning, because of the way you were brought up, because of your environment, if being tough is just the way that you are, so so much so that being sweet, being hard open, being tender is scary and weird and something that you really can't even do, then know that the ticket for your evolution as a man is to become softer. And there are specific practices and movements and ways that you can do that. If you're very sweet, soft, sensitive, hard, open, you know, if that's just the way that you are in the world because of your life experience, then good. But know that there are times in life where savagery is called for and people in your life may actually depend on you to be able to bring that through your body into the moment. And there are specific practices and movements and meditations and such that you can do to hone that skill. And then in between, you just rest in the center. Hmm. You just rest in between the two extremes and peacefully abide and wait for the moment to tell you what you should be. And until that moment comes, then you're just nothing. Now, what do you call that space? Because I like that. I haven't heard that before. I've heard all this work around archetypes and different dimensions of a man, but to rest in the center, I love that. What, what do you call, what would you call that space? Because it's not one or the other. Oh man, that's a good question. I mean, there's a lot of names for that space. Uh, Selflessness, the void, the Tao, awareness, Mm -hmm. empty consciousness. So it takes a lot of work to even recognize that that's there. You know, there's a phrase in describing selflessness or awareness. One of my teachers always says, what water said the fish? Hmm. Because for a fish, the water is so ever present it's it's everywhere so it's it's easy to miss Mm. so our awareness our inherent emptiness is so surrounding us in every moment that unless we really 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 get still and notice that everything that is happening is arising from that place of emptiness and returning to that place of emptiness then we'll miss Mm. it takes a real a real acute sensitivity to even perceive that everything is coming and going out of this hmm. I, I'm really what we make I'm really digging this man I like that I, you know thinking if we've got the savage and the saint maybe the middle ground is stillness yeah is, is what I'm hearing and so uh, sure. that's really cool I dig that man speaking of different dimensions different aspects of our character of these identities we have what to you is the difference between masculine and feminine Oh, that's another great question. Um, I think that those words, in my experience, masculine and feminine, tend to 
they're so packed with so many different meanings for so many different people that they can alienate mm-hmm. people. If you were to tell a woman that she's in her masculine, you could hurt her because she may mean that, wait, does that mean that I'm manly? Is that not good? I shouldn't be that way. If you tell a man that he's, he's stuck in his feminine, likewise, he might feel, well, am I less than what I could be or should be? Or this is the way I am. Am I wrong for the way that I am? So that's why we came to this collective called Alpha Tribe, because we, we use the terms Alpha and Omega, because I find that people have less, uh, they bring less meaning to those words. And Omega would be the feminine pole. Alpha would be the masculine pole. Now, all of us as human beings have both of those energies, yin and yang, constantly at an interplay inside of us. The world at large, those energies are constantly playing with each other, merging with each other, penetrating each other. Some words that could describe the masculine or the alpha pole capacity would be words like stillness, emptiness, consciousness, presence, logic, stick-to-itiveness, determination, achieving the mission. Some words that could describe the feminine or omega pole would be uh, flow, expression, beauty, radiance, light, form. So if we can think of masculine alpha as consciousness and omega feminine as form, and we can take this outside of men and women, outside of your own body, but to the cosmos at large, we see that these are constantly playing with each other. Consciousness and form constantly are tangling themselves around one another, and they're merging to create reality as we see it. And I think that if you really start to recognize these holes in yourself and in others, it makes it easier to relate. Arguments, say, with your partner, you start to recognize that, okay, I see this one way, she sees it another way. Neither one of us are wrong. We just are looking at it from a different perspective. So there's an appreciation born of that understanding for the difference mm. that is our our nature. Mm. Uh, I'm glad that you articulated that the way that you did. I think that that's, we get caught up in masculine being male or man and feminine being female or woman. And I think a lot of us, many of us have become resistant to one or the other because of what we make that mean. And so, you know, using different, recognizing that, that masculine and feminine just really describes a series of characteristics of character qualities and traits, Mm -hmm. then that's really all it is. I could easily be saying alpha or omega or fire and water and be representing the same things. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yin and yang. Yin and yang. I think women, particularly in in the modern era, the modern woman knows, understands this agility because she has to, because we're now at a period where formerly there was like very rigid gender roles around man goes to work, woman stays Mm -hmm. home. And those days are over, man. Women are bosses, CEOs. I think there's more women in law school, medical school. Women are doing better on standardized testing. So they're really learning faster than men are how to be agile in their expression moment by moment. You know, you can have a woman who goes to the office all day long and fucking closes deals and busts heads and gets shit done. She's operating in her alpha and then comes home and spends time with her children and lets her heart just melt open and be tender. Mm -hmm. And now she's operating in her Omega. Right. So she can do both and we can all do both. We can all do both and we should. Mm -hmm. If we get trapped in one end or the other, then we're not having a complete experience of all the flavors of what it means to be alive. (laughs) Yeah, man. But I think for men, it's different because we haven't, society hasn't really forced us to learn how to be agile. Hmm. Do you think that's what's happening with Me Too movement and, and, and the call for men to drop more into their hearts and more into their emotions and taking off the mask? All this terminology that's becoming more present in, um, I guess, pop culture or just the culture at large. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think that's really the value of this collective that we've built, Alpha Tribe. It it's, gives men permission to come together and admit that, yo, I'm struggling with X, Y, and Z, 
and I'm feeling a lot of pain and confusion and fear around this issue in my life. And then four other dudes in the group say, uh, it's the same thing for me. So the value there is the recognition that, okay, even though none of, we're not allowed to talk about this shit, we found a place where we can and you recognize that, okay, my issues aren't that unique. This is something that everyone is struggling. Mm -hmm. So there's immediately, as soon as just, just that alone is like, oh, I'm not by myself here. There's other guys that are having the same problem. I'm not the weird one. I'm not, I alone am not struggling in a world where everyone has their shit figured out. Mm -hmm. That's the value of tribe. You know, that's the value of the collective. That's the value of the group because you learn to see yourself in a way through the eyes of others that you just can't see your, you can't see yourself that way. And guys will tell you, you know, part of the thing, one of the practices that we'll offer is just criticism. You know, that may be a little bit harsh, but it's actually a gift because here you got some guys telling you something about yourself that everyone in your life thinks, but none of them would ever say because it's not appropriate. Mm-hmm. Hey, but the way that you stand makes me really trust the way that your shoulders are hunched over makes me feel like I wouldn't, I wouldn't trust you with my money. If you roll your shoulders back, wow, okay, now I feel like you're more solid. Now that's valuable. It's very valuable, but you won't get, people don't tell you that. Mm-hmm. So that's the value of getting together with other men and practicing. Yeah, I 100% agree, man. I think that going back as far in time as you can as humans men have been gathering in these ways and we've been supporting each other in these ways. And at some point we forgot about that. At some point we glorified the lone wolf, the self-made man, the guy who can do it all by himself. And I think that's that's the, our fathers, our grandfathers, maybe even a few generations before that, who had to knuckle and bear it in, in certain times and and never let go of that, at least is, is, is my way of assessing and diagnosing that. And you see a lot of men these days who are craving, who are starving for connection to not to not feel so unique, to not feel so crazy and isolated in our emotions. And I think that that it, just acknowledging that sometimes that I have this way of feeling that I don't let many people see and, oh, I'm not the only one in the circle. Boom. That man's life has changed forever. Forever. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's medicine. Tribe is medicine. For sure, man. You know, good medicine for the spirit. And that's what we're offering, man. And it's been, it's been beautiful to watch it grow mm. and see guys really change and shift and move through their issues and, and start to live a life that's more aligned with who they really want to be. That's mm. powerful. Right on, man. Well, let's learn more about Alpha Tribe and, and you and your story. So just give us a little quick background on how Alpha Tribe emerged from your story, from your challenges in your life. Yeah, of course, man. So for me... You know, uh, in my younger days, I was, you know, I come from Philly on the East Coast and it's, there's just an inborn natural toughness there. People are tough and that's good, but I think you can be too tough. So tough that you don't really allow yourself to feel your own pain or you judge your own pain and you compound it. And that's how I was living back in the day, like my early 20s. And I wouldn't talk to anyone about it. I thought I was wrong for feeling the way I felt. And I would judge the way I felt. And I really had no love for myself, man. So I would I would medicate those feelings with alcohol, drugs, alcohol, partying, fighting. And I got myself in trouble. And, you know, I felt like walls were caving in on me. And my life experience, my experience of being myself was really painful. You know, I hated myself. And... In desperation, really, I turned to meditation. I started to read about the practice of meditation. I started to flirt with the, with the daily practice as best I could. Then I moved to L.A., and I sought out a teacher, and I started to take the practice pretty seriously. And I noticed that just sitting with myself and just allowing myself to feel the way I was feeling and allowing those feelings to come through and be released in, in, in a way that wasn't judgmental, it started to free up a lot of space in the way I felt, the way I felt about myself and felt about other people. And that inspired me to take a meditation retreat. And so I went and sat for three days and then I went, and then I came back from that. And I, again, I just felt more space, more openness, more aware, more peace in my life, able to recognize the beauty of being. And at no point in the, in my 
meditative path did like I have this earth shattering epiphany or the sky parted and the sun came down and everything was illuminated and the angel sang. It was just a very gradual kind of untangling of junk trauma. And it was this, this newfound capacity to, rather than being stuck in my mind as my thoughts, some space started to emerge where I could just watch the thoughts come and go and maybe even start to exercise a little bit more control about what went on in my mind. And so a three-day meditation led to a five-day meditation, to a seven, to two weeks, to four weeks. And over the years, regular retreat practice has become just a staple in my year. And through that practice, I've just really found a deeper connection to myself, you know, at a very deep level. And through that work, I linked up with my two colleagues in this, you know, the, the two other guys who I founded this collective work, David Burns and Justin Pierce. And we all kind of decided that we have very unique paths and unique gifts that we want to share. None of us wanted to do this thing on our own, but we could intuit that the three of us together have something very unique to offer. The, what I feel most called to share is, like we talked about, the cultivation of the savage and the saint. I teach martial art. I use martial art as a way to embody that and, and release that aggression and anger and frustration that is plaguing so many men. And then I like to teach meditation as a way to open the heart and be present. I'm a holistic health practitioner, and so I like to teach cultivating a lifestyle that will create energy, that will increase vitality. So I'm really on the self-care side of things, the uh, cultivating a mind and a body and a life that's healthy. Dave, he's a very successful entrepreneur, very successful entrepreneur. And he's a business coach and he uses business really as his vehicle for meditation where there, there's this idea maybe that, okay, I can go to the monastery or I can go be in business. I can't do both. They're mutually exclusive categories. His, his path is to really blow that distinction out of the water. I know you can use your work to evolve spiritually. You can use your work as your meditative practice. You can be fulfilled in that way through your vocation in life. And then Justin, his primary offering and his area of expertise is intimacy, using relationship as a way to awaken, you know, to deepen love, to be of service. So between the three of us, we have a pretty solid, all-encompassing offering. Care for the self, meaningful work, and a deeply meaningful relationship. So mm -hmm. We just realized that okay, let's we need to link and we need to we need to get the word out and we need to share, you know, share what share what we know. Yeah. I couldn't do it by myself. Neither one of them could do it by themselves. But the three of us together, we got we found something pretty solid. So just love. Yeah, it. and that and that goes back to that message all the way back in the beginning about oneness. You know, we're all part of one organism and we're all working towards the same thing to come into greater clarity and connection with exactly. each other and ourselves. And you can so. take, you can take that that idea of oneness even into your own life and you can have you can have an idea of who you are and what you want to be and what that purpose is and then use everything in your life to move toward it you can use your mm -hmm. breakfast to move toward your purpose you can use your marriage to move towards your purpose you can use your job to move towards your purpose so it's a man who compartmentalizes his life this is my spiritual practice and when that's over that's over this is my fitness routine and when that's over that's over now I'm in job mode, and when that's over, that's over. Now I'm in husband mode or boyfriend mode or relationship mode, and now that's over. No, I think the more skillful way is to integrate them all into one path. All things become one way. Mm -hmm. you, know, you use everything in your life to, as a vehicle to wake up. Mm. I like that, man. I like that. I think that that's a very simple structure a very simple context for living one's life is to bring all things under that one umbrella and sure. it also goes back to that to that clarity and to be in that to be in that fertile place of uncertainty not knowing what your life is about for as long as you need to be that's another thing i think a lot of guys i see a lot of work out there that's like find your life purpose in this weekend workshop <laughs> it's like come on man what are you trying to say what are you trying to tell people here this is this is not how these things happen it's not how events and experiences in our life organically emerge to shape us yeah you know so be in that space for as long as you need to and then once you find it don't look back yeah and and just keep on the once you find i think the real practice is once the dust settles and you feel pretty comfortable now you have to start to seek out more comfortability 
and constantly be putting yourself, like you said, right on that razor's edge of what's comfortable. Now that's, that's the path of constant expansion, to constantly be putting yourself out there in situations that are a little bit edgy, a little bit scary, knowing that it's those situations that will grow you as a, as a man. Mm-hmm. Right on, man. Well, before we start to wrap up, there's one more thing I wanted to make sure I asked you because the, using uh, Alpha Tribe, as a reference for your community, define the term alpha male, because that's another term that gets thrown around a lot. How would you define alpha male? Yeah, so based on what, what I said earlier about alpha, the, the capacities of alpha are stillness, consciousness, awareness, presence, dedication to purpose. I think the term alpha male out there in the world immediately connotates this like muscle-bound douchebag, you know, tough guy. Mm-hmm. And that is far, very, very far from the work that I'm trying to offer in the world. Mm -hmm. It's a strength. Yes, Alpha is strong, but it's also leavened by peacefulness. It's leavened by an open heart and love. It's not aggressive, though it is powerful. It's not forceful, though it is determined. You know, it's Mm -hmm. a vibration. It's, It's literally a vibration. It's an idea, but we can bring that vibration, we can bring that idea into our bodies and move as alpha. And until we do that, and that's what the work is about, it's about embodiment. Mm-hmm. It's about bringing your ideal into your body and walking. How would you walk if you were as successful as you wanted to be? How would you walk if you had the physique or had the body that you, you, you want to have? Or if you... We're making the money that you earn. Well, walk like that now. You know, bring it into the body now. Embody the ideal now. And then watch the world unfold from that place. But first thing we have to do is find it. And if you're habitually, let's say, uh, judgmental or the self-confidence is low, then it's going to be edgy and it's going to be challenging to stand as if you believed that you were king. You're going to have to face, in finding that shape, you're going to have to face all the shit that you've been told about yourself or the ideas that you have about yourself. You're going to have to face them and move through them, and that's scary. But we have to find it in the body. This, this, this vibration comes through the body, and that's what the work is about, cultivating that, that vibration in the body, bringing it into the body, and then offering that vibration as a gift in the world. So that when you're around, people just say, hey, I don't know what it is about that guy, Jetty, man, but he just feels solid. They can't even put their finger on it. They don't, maybe they don't even know that they know it. But your presence in the room is a gift to the people around you. I like to say that you could think of, we all have our own vibration. You could think of it like it's a song. And we're all, all of our songs are, are playing and, and merging in this collective song of, of the universe. But really, it's a look. You have to look at, okay, what is my song? Because if we're not careful, our song could be like just banging on drums. Mm. It could be like nails on the chalkboard. So we start to really listen to our song and notice what it is. And we start to learn to play our instrument a little more skillfully and create a song that feels good and sounds good, not only for us, but for the people around us. And in this way, everyone wins because you're, yeah. you've learned to play a sweet song with your heart, with your body, with your mind. And that song now is out there for everyone to enjoy. Well, that's awesome, man. I'm glad that you took the time to reframe that because a lot of time, like you said, the, ter- the terminology alpha male out in our society has a much different connotation to it. Totally. And I didn't hear you mention any words like dominance no. or authority and, and so to be honest with you, when you first reached out to me and I saw Alpha Tribe, it evoked a lot of that conditioning, a lot of that programming that, oh, a tribe of alphas, we're trying to be, you know, muscle bound, you know, you know, dominant leaders in the world. And sure. it's, it's great to hear how you guys are reframing that because every man has the capacity to live into this. And I think if we, all ma- if we make it a very personal journey first to go internal and to understand who we are and what our capacity and our role is on this planet and this bigger organism Mm. and then go outward back with that into the world and to be of service it's a lot of these problems start to disappear a lot of these issues that we're facing all start to go away so 
Listen, man, you're definitely you're definitely a bro for for me. I, I definitely resonate and vibrate with your song. I hear my song like syncing up directly with yours, man. Right on. Man. Um, which is really cool. And so, uh, so as we start to bring this to a close, I know we'll get to we'll have many more conversations like this in the future, man. I can feel it. Let me ask you some questions that I do lightning style at the end of the interview. Sure. So, first one: What is one thing that you've learned in your life that you wish you knew back when you were eighteen? That. Vulnerability is strength. Vulnerability is strength. That's huge, man. Especially for the young guys out there. Listen up on that one. Mm. And this is coming from a guy who has a nice big Viking beard, a bald head, like really embodies masculinity in his appearance. (laughs) Vulnerability is strength. Mm. Um, All right, man. Second one. What do you think is the most important value to have as a man? Love. Mm. And is that like all-encompassing love? Self-love? External love? I think self-love. And I think once you fill yourself up with love, then it has nowhere else to go but out. Mm -hmm. But until you can look at yourself square in the mirror and honestly look at that reflection and say, I love you, your work is not finished. And Mm -hmm. anything that you offer the world without first achieving that will not last. Mm -hmm. Right on, man. Last question. How long did it take you to grow the beard? (laughs) Oh, I was actually born this way. (laughs) There you go. That's no, why you're the perfect know, guy for the uh, job. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. I don't even remember. The beard comes and, you know, I just let it do its thing and I grow it out pretty long. And then one morning there'll just be a, a knowing that, okay, it's time to go. And I'll take it all the way down and show the world my baby face and then start over from scratch. <laughs> awesome, man. I love it. Um, you know, one of the things we didn't get to this time around, I know that, uh, I'm sure we can have on a future conversation. I'm also a martial artist, so be, I'd love to dive into that conversation in the yeah. future. Oh, that's one of the, I would love to talk about that. We'll make it happen, man, for sure. We'll do a follow-up. Sure. But for, for those guys who are listening, I'll let you give the links here in a second. But one of the articles I read was you talking about an experience of confronting someone who was assaulting someone else. Yeah. I won't, I won't sell out too much of the story so guys can check it out, but you mentioned something called the Marshall Triangle that was brilliant and i know that you were giving context to where you learned that from so we'll let that be a teaser for the future conversation we get to have and for those of you guys who want to learn more about that make sure you check out the link when we pop it in the in the thread here yeah that'd be great but take a moment just let us know what are the socials where can people find you work with you link up with alpha tribe Mm -hmm. let us know the details yeah me personally my uh instagram is a great way to connect with me and that's uh at savage and saint the alpha tribe has its own Instagram page uh, at alpha.tribe. You can find, uh, you can connect with me through the website wearesacred.org. There's a bio there. And if you wanted to reach out and work privately, we could work that out. And also um, the Alpha Tribe has, we freely offer one session per month. We meet on the beach here in Venice. So any guys who are local in LA, September 15th is this Saturday. We're going to be getting together down at uh, Washington Pier, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. for two hours of, of practice. We also offer a call, a monthly call. We do it here on Zoom. And we usually have about 30, 40 guys on the call. Those are That's usually the last Thursday of the month. But all this information can be found on the Instagram page uh, at alpha.tribe. Awesome, man. I'll make sure I pop that information in the show notes and uh, keep us posted. And on future opportunities and offerings you've got, we'll make sure that everybody out there knows, especially our L.A. crew. Yeah, we got man, a big LA crew. Down. Up there. You should come down Saturday. Get with us. Man. Yeah. We actually have a, uh, I, listen, we have a, a two day intensive retreat coming up uh, early November. There's 30 spots available. I think there's probably um, maybe 20 left. It'll, it'll sell out, no doubt. So if you want a deep dive, two days of really deep practice, I mean, guys come out of those workshops like shifted. Huh. Right on, man. Yeah. Well, uh, there is a chance I will be in LA this weekend, actually, on Saturday. So I'll, I'll reach out to you offline, man, and see if we can make that work. Sounds great, man. Either way, though, it was great to have you on here, man. I really definitely feel that brotherly connection, and I, I appreciate and support the work that you're doing in the world, man, 100%. So you let me know how I can support you in the future. Likewise, Jetty. Really appreciate the opportunity. You got it, man. There it is. I know you guys are feeling what I'm feeling. Michael is the real deal Holyfield. He really has put in the time, put in his reps to become the man that he wants to be. And clearly the results have proven for him. He's showing up, he's leading 
hordes of men into this incredible system that he's developed both personally and as a collective with Alpha Tribe. He is truly owns who he is like he really owns his message and his story you guys heard it in this episode we walked all the way through the challenges that he had in his life and what he's discovered on his side and he's living it you could see it in his eyes i know you guys can't see us talking but you could probably hear the same conviction in his voice he is authentic living to a t and so i really encourage you guys to follow michael join alpha tribe and check out all the different events that they have going on in la he mentioned some at the end of this episode that i believe will already have passed by the time you guys hear this but there is clearly a growing community of men down there in la who are walking the talk so if this message vibes with you i strongly encourage you to apply for the elements training here in the greater los angeles area from october 26th to the 28th if you're looking to finally create the life you've always wanted break through your bs and find out what you're truly made of now is the time now is the time brothers it's really time to break through all these stories we have about ourselves and finally start living the life we've always talked about so apply today to claim your spot more information and applications can be found at riseyazumacom slash elements. Make sure you join the Rising Man Facebook community for all updates relative to elements, events happening within the Rising Man community. That's at facebook.com slash groups slash the Rising Man. Go sign up right now. And if you're already in there, drop us a line and invite some of your brothers so we can make this community keep growing. Check out the show notes for links and resources at therisingmanpodcast.com. And while you're at it, subscribe or follow on the podcast app of your choice. Leave a review or comment with your biggest takeaways, insights, and reflections from each episode, either on the app you listen to or at therisingmanpodcast.com. Make sure you check us out on Instagram at Rising Man Podcast. My man Rowan has been pumping out the social media images. He put a whole new facelift on what we're doing right now. So big shout out to Rowan, man. You're doing a great job with that. Another shout out to Sean Offenbach over at Infinite Melodics at Infinite M-E-L-O-D-I-X on Instagram. Sean has been the one turning out these episodes from the beginning. Let's see. This is episode 37 plus 30. I think we're actually hitting 50 total episodes between the interviews and the Monday morning meditations right now. So this is a milestone right here. Sean has turned out over 50 episodes of this podcast damn homeboy is cooking over there sean lots of love to you brother for sticking it out through every one of these first 50 episodes i appreciate you my brother and shout out to the other half of my power team i haven't mentioned already julian and mark you guys are amazing thank you for all the work you guys are doing behind the scenes to make this movement grow and until next time rise up and claim your destiny